Matt Will. No L's, just sevens. This is the bliss, licking they lips, Twitter with this, minimal risk, finity shifts, ribbon on rib, quick in the hits, first on the list, this, mad will, going crazy on the daily, dropping facts like a shower in the world of rain and entertainment, yeah, another day, another pod, all these thoughts are up facade, so I had to ask him what he got, said he got a lot, said he got a lot of what, got a lot of shifts, and it's time for the daily blitz. Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to the Daily Blitz Podcast. It's the morning of 11-11. Make a wish. I'm here, your host, the big dude, John Legaza, or just type in NFL, moving averages into the Bluebird Twitter machine. The regular host of the show, Matt Williams, will be with us tomorrow for the big one. That Friday do-it-all two-hour extravaganza betting DFS prop plays every single thing under the sun next gen advanced stats theory we are doing the whole kit and caboodle but that's tomorrow today's order of business if you're new here we're putting the daily back into daily blitz pod monday is the look back at the weekend and the monday night football review tuesday is all 32 team injury reports and the subsequent wear wire moves wednesday is the first look at the betting board and here we are at terrific thursday we're gonna do bargain buys at each position for daily and then we're gonna recap tonight's thursday night football game and maybe drop a free pick or two on the people thank you again so much for picking up what we're putting down please rate review and subscribe to the podcast it means so very much to us in the world of algorithmic control all right enough of that how about a little more of this let's get down and do the thing we do so very well landed on the bargain idea for thursdays i thought it was something really cool i realized maybe it was a hole in the game as matt and i were going over the lineups on friday i realized that i didn't have as good of a grasp on the cheap players that i wanted to and that's a really good place not to say to begin your lineups you don't want to center your focus on bad players but it is a really good idea to know where the values might be let's do a quick lesson on value you know you come here the analysis of the game might not be worth anything next week but maybe the lessons i leave with you are stick a feather in that cap when we're talking DFS and we're talking tournaments and we're trying to win. This is DraftKings now. You get $50,000 in salary. You have 200 points to achieve. 200 being that nice round number that will generally get you paid. Some days it will be a total takedown. Other times you'll just place up high, but 200 points really never sent anyone home too disappointed. So $50,000 in salary with a 200 point goal means what? We should be able to multiply the cost of a player in thousands by four. Here's a quick one. If a player is going off at 5,000, we only need them to get 20 points, five times four being 20, and that will pace us for 200. This is way more important than raw scores, and it gives us an even perspective across the entire landscape. Without any further ado, let's dive on in and do the thing. This is just really quick. These are names to keep in the front of our mind, and then again tomorrow, we're going to get to all the details. So let's start at the quarterback position. Really not much here. There are a few quarterbacks coming back I generally think of QB value being right around if not under 5k on DraftKings so the first name that really pops up is actually Mac Jones as well as he's played he's only at 5.3 now you look at the game log he's really only gotten that four times multiplier once against the Jets but he's been playing a lot better as of late and we have seen the Cleveland defense which I do like be pretty leaky through the air Mahomes went for 337 Herbert went for 3 98 and Joe Burrow just went for 
82 on 40 attempts. So depending on the game script, there is room for Mac Jones to produce and get you that 20. We could scan down a little bit further. It does get pretty tough. You got Simeon at 5.2, but with him losing goal line work in that package to Taysom Hill, I'd probably be off it. You have Jared Goff at 5.2 against the Steelers. Thanks, but no thanks. You got PJ Walker at an even 5K against Arizona. I mean, that feels a little bit desperate, but he does have a rushing floor. And if a quarterback can get you seven points on the ground, getting to 13 through the air is pretty easy in a game we think Carolina will be behind. But that also not as attractive as you think. You got Colt McCoy hanging out there for the Arizona Cardinals. We're unsure about Kyler Murray right now, but McCoy did go for 249 and one, ran again for seven times, 23 yards on the ground, and he was missing all of his weapons, Edmonds, Green, Hopkins. If they get back, there's again just a pathway for him to get to 20 points. Will Colt McCoy be the number one QB on the week? Probably, if not, absolutely not. But, but, but the big shaking butt that I already laid out is that that does not matter. My choice, if I were shopping down here, though I generally don't go down to 5K QBs, is my boy Mike White on the New York Jets. Again, not a world beater, but he has shown to be very effective because he's very efficient. He gets the ball out and gets it out quick in the relief roll against New England, went over 200 with a score. He had two picks. Those were not his fault. Then he went for over 400 against Cincinnati. So there's definitely a floor there for Mike White to get to 20. Oh man, it was all yards after catch. So that's how he's going to have to get it done. Let's move on to the running back position. Again, let me preface this with saying I generally try not to get down into this range. I'm probably more of a 6K player looking to hit that multiplier than having some players I have to pay up for, you know, that $8,000, $9,000 player makes it very hard to get 32 or 36 points, but then also puts you in a position where you need to get a player on your roster that's 4K or under, which makes it harder to hit that multiplier, which is also the real reason we're looking for value. If you find that player that you think gets it, that will open up the door. Let's dive into the running backs. Again, it's very hairy. Got to be careful where you really sink your teeth into because there's lots of news to go. My top play is actually below 5K and it's Devin Singletary with Moss out. It's really just a usage thing. I don't like either of these guys too much, but Singletary is good, you know, for 13 to 15 looks. And without Moss getting his 10 to 14, seems intuitive that Singletary might get a bump or a boost. Again, playing the Jets could be a lot of work there. Some mop up time at the end. Bill's being favored by more than a score. So I think you definitely have to circle Singletary. I'm sure he'll be very chalk. Let's get back into the bargain bin for the running backs. I really hate to stretch myself too much here. Jeremy McNichols possibly will get the work through the air game going up against the Saints. We know the Saints are extremely effective at defending the run. So that could kind of force the Titans into more of a swing game where they need to extend, right, to extend that run game through lateral passing. And you'd think that would be McNichols' role. Though, I mean, Peterson had 11 touches, but only one target. McNichols had 10 touches in the last game, but three targets. He has had as many is eight grabs in a game against the Jets. So again, if the script takes him there, you could see McNichols getting a lot of work. That feels more like a GPP play than the small style tournaments. I'd rather play. I'm more into making money and I find it's a lot easier to do when you go single entry, maybe three backs and keep the tournament entrance down below three or four hundred. One other player maybe I do have my eye on is Carlos Hyde for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Again, this is just a volume thing. James Robinson's status is up in the air and until I see it, I don't 
don't believe it. Hyde dominated the carries, 21 only for 67. He did have one catch, but that was tied for the running back lead with Dare. Oh, so you got to think the focus will be on Hyde. Remember that game was a dogfight, 9-6. to six. People expecting Jacksonville to pick it up a bit more on offense. I guess that's the case against Indianapolis, who you can beat through the air, though I don't like the Jacksonville offense or defense for that matter at all. I'm staying away from the Jaguars about as hard as I can, but when we're looking for potential pops, there is, you know, a scenario where Hyde falls into the end zone and gets that 21 last player at the running back position is J.D. McKissick for Washington. Probably sounds a lot, this argument probably sounds a lot like the move for McNichols. We've seen McKissick dominate work through the ground. He has four games with at least five grabs. He has two games with at least eight grabs, and the yardage is there. He can do work after the catch, which I think will be really important. This one probably plays a little bit smarter than the McNichols play, because I think the script here is more likely to go into the Washington favor, and I don't mean in a good way for the score. I mean in a bad way, which is a good way for fantasy. Let me know if you kept up with all that. So I think J.D. McKissick has a chance at value to return that multiplier at the running back position. I'd probably be looking at Singletary, maybe not so much at anybody else. Again, once you identify one of those players, get paid down for a cheap defense, try and be smart and be cheap with your tight end. That should open up the door for you to spend at least 6K at all your other positions. Into the wide receiver room we go. This is generally a better spot to find those big targets that can get it. You could find top options on teams. Just throwing this out there, we're going to hash through all the details tomorrow, but let's get a few of those names in mind. First one up is Khalif Raymond. I know it's not super impressive from a namesake point of view, but Raymond, check out my triple slash. If you're unfamiliar as a baseball guy, I like to use input stats rather than result stats because I find they're more indicative of what's to come. Khalif Raymond, 15% of the target share, 30% of the air yards with the double digit A dot. So target percentage, air percentage, and A dot is my triple slash. The target percentage is a touch low, but we have seen it there at times. Again, this is probably a good matchup for Raymond against the Steelers. Goff is going to have to get it out and get it out quick. So whenever you have a chance at the top receiving option for under 5K, that's somewhere you might want to look. Same to be said for Jacoby Myers has found himself under 5K. I was rolling him out earlier in the year. We all know the touchdown narrative, but so what? Let's go to the triple slash. 24% target share, 30% air yards, the A dot at 9.2. So the A dot is a bit lower than what we'd normally be going for at 10, but it's pretty close. 30% of the air percentage on it. And if we think, like I mentioned before, with Mac Jones, that that one ends up shooting out at a low ownership percentage. Jones to Myers is a really cheap skinny stack that just could get it done. We've seen the Browns get torn up through the air. I mentioned that. We've seen it happen. Tariq Hill went for a buck 97 against them. Even Jefferson went for 84. Mike Williams for 165. Deontay Johnson went for 98. So there are teams that can get to these Browns. Is Myers going to get in the end zone? I'm not going to be the one to plant that flag. Then to Elijah Moore for the Jets, who just had a huge game last week. I think you got to get away from that. I think that was a function of Josh Johnson liking his wideouts more than Mike White, who likes to throw to the slot receiver and the running back. So I think a lot of people will be going after more. I'm not, especially considering the tough Buffalo matchup. Next up is one that I think I really like. He was on the waiver wire edge show. I think you got to be looking at Donovan Peoples-Jones. Check out this gaudy triple slash since week five. And now we know Beckham's out of the way, so target share should not be an issue. Donovan Peoples-Jones, 18% of targets a touch low. I think that will come up. 37% of the air yards with a 19 A dot. So this is a player that could get a touch of volume, but also is used in the long game. 
game. Got to keep an eye on Peoples-Jones, one of my favorite values on the week. And I think beyond that, there just might be one more. I mentioned top targets. This one, you kind of have to hold your nose, but it is Jamal Agnew on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Again, they're my last choice because of the team quality, but got to give it up for Agnew. He is a part of the offense. People don't want to hear it. You know, they're all obsessed with names. Some people still waiting for the emergence of Schnault, but give me the facts and the trends, and they say it's Agnew. He's had at least five targets in each of the last four games he played, as high as 12. Of course, that was the lead. And then if you go to the log, you know, he's just, he's gotten work done. They're going to him, and they actually missed him for a long one in that last game. I think in each of the last two games, so he has, you know, six for 41 at 10, five for 78 Miami, six for 38 and a score at Seattle. That's what we want to see. He's really the go-to guy there. We all loved Marvin Jones early, and he's been okay. But after Jones, for me, it's Agnew. And if we drop the script where Jacksonville is way behind, seems likely. The books agree. We know the Indianapolis pass D is not very good. 20% pass DVOA, only a 5% adjusted sack rate. They're allowing 261 yards a game, 7.5 per attempt, over 11 per completion, 2.5 touchdowns a game against those Colts. So I think of all these guys, that's a sneaky place to get some low ownership. Yes, it's very difficult to back the Jaguars, but what we're doing here again is circling places for salary relief. You don't have to go there, and you certainly don't have to try and force more than one of these guys into your lineup at any given time. Let's move over to the big boys, where I think we should define the fact that bargain, the term, probably shifts a bit, where 5000 for a running back or wide receiver is considered cheap, 5000 for a tight end, really not so much. I think you got to get below at least four. I'm looking at a couple guys that I love coming in, love the pricing as well. It's Dan Arnold on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Again, maybe you like him better than you like Agnew. Dan Arnold with the decent triple slash as well. 16 target, 15 air. The A dot low, but he is a tight end. He has 40 targets on the year. Remember how much time he missed. Dan Arnold has a chance of being volume there. You know, he had eight grabs against Seattle, then down to four for Buffalo, but four for 60. And at Slop Fest, you may want to queue up Dan Arnold. The other place to go for sour relief is my boy Tyler Conklin on Minnesota. He really hasn't gotten any love, and he's, he's a piece of that offense. Check out the triple slash. 15% target, 11% air, and the 5 A dot, pretty solid for a tight end. Obviously, they have other weapons. He's not a main focus, but five grabs in each of the last two games. He's had as many as seven against Seattle, so he is part of the game, and a tight end that can get you five for 50. That's 10 points right there. It doesn't necessarily get you, right? Conklin is 3.4. He's got to get you to 13 points, but if he can get you 10 as a floor, man, that's really close to the multiplier. So I hope everybody just got a couple names and a couple tips with how we approach this one. Before we get out of here today, I thought the show was going to be a little bit shorter. Let's try and cap tonight's game. We got Baltimore going to Miami. It's a seven and a half point spread. The total is set at 46. Of course, Baltimore being the favorite on the road with good reason. The offense season stats coming at you. 28 points a game, leading the league with 70 plays, leading the league or top three, I'm sorry, with 428 yards per game. One of the few teams that can post a six yard per play average. The run game we know is good. 32 attempts for a buck 62 and it's not just Lamar. Running backs going off at 4.4 running back yards per attempt. They've struggled a bit with the pass game as far as efficiency. Only 22 completions for 35 thrown, but 266 for the air with a 12 yard per completion average. Lamar is getting it done. You know, listen, the plays break sometime. He keeps his eyes downfield. Defenders have to stay honest, keep their eyes on LJ, and that's where he gets to work. So you 
got to love the pass game for the Ravens, coupled with that run game. It's predicated on creativity. He has the vision. Lamar Jackson is my MVP right now. Flip side. Dolphins D is gross, allowing 27 points a game. 68 plays, nearly 400 yards. Where have we heard those names before? Expect the Ravens to do their thing. Miami pasty we thought would be good, has been gross. One of the lower line grades via PFF, only a 6.2 adjusted sack rate, allowing 40 attempts, 26 completions, and 281 yards per game. Those are all near the bottom of the board. Number one wideouts have had their way against the Dolphins as well. 11 targets for 80 yards. Tight ends, 8 targets for 78 yards a game, 14 points on average. So you got to be looking at Andrews today. You got to be looking at Brown today. All the studs and stars for the Ravens should have a good one. Let's get to Miami. Big story here is Tua. He had limited practices all week. That usually points to playing, though you know I hate Thursday. You know they're not going to want to look to push him. I do think he will play. I like the Miami offense better with Tua, but we know they throw a ton regardless. I just think the Tua upside is a little bit higher than Brissett. They both like to work efficiently and close to the line of scrimmage. Either way, Waddle seems to get a ton of work. He's good for anywhere between 8 and 10 grabs on a game. Same for Mike Gusecki. He can get you 7 or 8 from the tight end position, though he's really not a tight end at all. He hardly even lines up in line, particularly with Devontae Parker out. So there is something to like about the Miami offense, but they've really, really struggled. Only 17 points a game, less than 300 yards, and less than 5 yards per play, less than 29 yards per drive. Those are all bottom 3 in the league. Couple that with a 68% drive success rate, bottom 3 in the league, because they can't run the ball. Worst adjusted line yard in the league, a 3.4, only 21 attempts for 75 yards. You have to establish the run if you want to pass. They throw it a ton, 40 attempts a game, complete it a ton, 26 completions per game, but for only 222 yards, 5.5 per attempt, less than 9 per completion. Those, again, in the bottom three. Get used to hearing that when we're talking about the Dolphins. Ravens D has been tough against everyone, but the tight ends, though, again, you got to be careful looking for tight end matchups when we're talking about Kasiki. However, a lot of the defensive matchups are probably pretty similar, meaning if Kasiki is in a slot opposed to in line, the chances are you're seeing nickelback or linebacker opposed to those top corners. So I think you have to keep your eye on Gusecki. We know Baltimore likes to blitz. They're really going to be trying to get to the Dolphins, and the Dolphins have really struggled protecting the quarterback. They have the worst PFF line grade as far as pass blocking goes. They've allowed 23 sacks on a 7% adjusted sack rate. I think the Ravens D, though, up front, the stats are not gaudy. They do use a creative blitz package. I think that will be the key to success. Even if they don't completely snuff out the Dolphins, I don't think the Dolphins can stop the Ravens. I have a feeling we see one of those Ravens ceiling games as far as offense go. Not generally the thing we look for on Thursday with all the low scoring, but I'm going to go against the trend here. We saw Baltimore put up 36 against KC, 31 against Indianapolis, 34 against the Chargers, 34 against Minnesota, and I think we see that again. So once we have Baltimore up to 31-34, if you don't think they're going to cover, that means Miami is up over 24. No, thank you. I don't see the Dolphins getting over 24. Even with the bit of leakiness we've seen from the Ravens, I don't think the Dolphins can get it done. They're just not efficient enough, and they haven't not been able to establish the run game. So I think you got to give me the Ravens with the cover. And if you're not crazy about having to cover on the road more than a touchdown, I know that's a rule for some people. Popped open the props, and the Lamar Jackson prop really jumped off the page. It's set at 233.5 on DraftKings. That, to me, is too low. He's only gone below that one time against the Chargers that have a good pass defense. He's gone over it against Vegas, KC, 
Tennessee, Detroit, Denver, Indianapolis, Cincinnati, and Minnesota. All of those teams significantly better than the Dolphins. I think this price is off by a touch. Give me Lamar to go over 233. Then I popped over to the reception props. I'm generally really conservative with these, but uh, man, a lot of these just seem like they're really good because I like the price attached as well. So if you were looking to extend, and again, people, here's another really good lesson before we get out of here as far as betting. If you find you like to generally bet on one thing and you find three plays that you like, it doesn't mean you have to triple your risk. You could cut the risk into thirds and play that way. Remember, tomorrow's another day. These sport markets provide infinite opportunities. There's no need to rush. There's no need to press. Let's get into these reception props. Mark Andrews is set at 4.5, which feels fair in the first place. I mentioned the Dolphin struggles against the tight end. They are allowing 14 fantasy points a game, one of the most targets in the league, over 8 and 78 yards. So we know Mark Andrews is a focal point of that offense. Five grabs, really not that high. He did it against KC, did it against Detroit, he did it against Denver, he did it against Indianapolis, and the Chargers and Minnesota. So here we have another prop that has only failed to be hit against Cincinnati and Vegas. That's two out of eight. You gotta give me those odds. Why are we getting plus 25 on this one? That's what I like so much. Sometimes people, it's as much the price as the bet. I do think Andrews goes over 4.5, but I wouldn't bet it at minus 140. I think you also have to look at Jalen Waddle over 5.5 plus 105. He's just a target monster, a target machine. He's an extension of the run game. They love to go to Waddle. He's been good for those five grabs in one, two, three of the last four, and then did it another two times earlier on in the year. Though, if I were being more conservative, then maybe I'm letting on right here, everybody. That would probably be the bet that I'd let go. So we're getting near the 25-minute mark. I want to get out of here. You got some bargain basement plays to think about at each position. Then you got a nice handicap breakdown of the Thursday night game with some plays and props. I like Baltimore to cover, but I like the Lamar Jackson pass prop even more. And I also like that Andrews prop. I may get a mix of all three. And then people, here's another little little tip before you get out of here. This is something I do with three plays from time to time. I mentioned about cutting the risk in three. Let's call risk R or $100. You can go 0.3, 0.3, and 0.1. I mean 0.3 on the Baltimore, 0.3 on Lamar, 0.3 on Andrews, and the 0.1 is a parlay. In the event that you hit all three, it opens up the door for a really nice game while keeping the risk the same. So there you have it, everybody. That's the Daily Blitz pod for this Thursday, November 11th. Don't forget your host, John Legaza, that game sharper than a razor, L-A-G-H-E-Z-Z-A, or type in NFL moving averages into that Bluebird Twitter machine. Don't forget to shoot the real host of this a follow at M-A-T-T-W-I-7-7. IAMS. Tomorrow is the big one. This show has been so good. I actually go and listen back myself while I'm doing errands, go out to the store, maybe playing giant bubbles with the kids. So from the big dude with the big mouth, from the big apple, big Johnny Stud, that'll do it from us. Thanks again. Rate, review, subscribe. Enjoy the games. Enjoy your day when we're done with the book. Enjoy that pay, everybody. Peace.